everybody. Well, I am so excited to be here. I love uh, the Medina East Campus, and I kind of love you guys from afar. But uh, Tony, of course, we have a friendship, and uh, I've got to tell you that the, my favorite moment probably at Grace Church ever uh, was when we got to commission Tony and, and send off kind of the Medina East Campus. It was a dream come true, right? It was theory at that point that, that one day we might have campuses. And, and now to watch this all play out and to know that you guys are a part of that dream it's just, I'm fired up to be here. It's awesome stuff. And I wanted to kind of draw on my relationship with Tony a little bit. You guys want to hear a funny story about Tony and I? We went back to high school together. That's actually where we met. Yeah, we met in high school our senior year. And uh, something, I don't know how we did this, but we both somehow missed like the prerequisite classes uh, for art. You know, neither of us were good at art at all. And so we, we neglected those. We didn't take those classes, right? They're really freshman, sophomore level classes. And so we both found ourselves in the kind of the senior year taking freshman, sophomore art class. And we're like, what is going on? And so we really built a friendship and a bond through that. And then uh, one time, Tony and I are, we're, we're setting up this project. Remember guys, if you took art in high school, this is how this worked, right? You grab like a page out of a magazine and then you're going to like do a screen print out of it. Or, or they have these like fruit bowls and you would draw them, right, with unbelievable detail for like a month, right? And you just work that all through. So we were doing that. And it was the fall, and they had uh, like fake gourds, you know, like pumpkins, gourds, and they had this little arrangement of them. And so I'm standing here, and, and actually Tony's here, I'm here, and then our teacher's drawing on the board, right, kind of the chalkboard, giving more instruction about the project. And we have another friend that's in this class with us, and he's up front towards the teacher. And, and it was almost like slow motion. And so Tony's standing here, and I watch him like reach out and grab one of these gourds in the arrangement, and then go ahead and cox it back here like this to throw it to our friend in the front. And I'm just watching this like play out. I'm thinking, this isn't going to go well, right? This is just, this is not going to work, right? And so Tony just launches it, right? Shoots it to my friend, overthrows it, hits my teacher's hand, Right? She's drawing on the board. She's like, ow! She turns around and looks at us. Here's me and Tony. We don't say anything. We just stand there dumbfounded that this all just happened. Here's what Tony does. Classic Tony. Tony just goes this. <laughs> totally threw me under the bus. It was amazing. My teacher's like, Ryan! She was such a sweet lady. I'm like, dude, what's going on? It's amazing. Tony, he actually used that as an opportunity to share the gospel with me. I didn't know the Lord then. True story. And he's like, see, this is why we need Jesus. I'm a sinful person. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. So that's uh, fun stuff there with Tony. Seriously, he's been a good friend, a brother. Uh, he and I are very close. And uh, it's just a joy to be with you and uh, share a little bit in that relationship. But today what we want to do is we want to walk into this conversation about jealousy called Jealousy the Good Kind is that this series we're going to kick off today. And even as you're hearing that, right, Jealousy the Good Kind, I hope that's creating a bit of a problem in your mind, right? Because when we think of jealousy, like nobody thinks that that's a good thing. No one does, right? Our culture would look at jealousy and say, oh yeah, you really shouldn't, you should be secure enough that you don't need to be jealous, You're not going to be the possessive, kind of unhealthy, insecure, weak person that that trends towards jealousy all the time. Nobody's excited about being that guy or that lady. Our culture would look and say, that's a a weakness, that's an insecurity. 
Right? If you go too far with it, right, the jealous boyfriend or girlfriend is just really code for stalker. Right? It's like this negative thing in our culture that nobody wants to be. Now, typically, uh, it's, it's often the case that if, if our culture has a certain stance on an issue, that the Bible maybe has a different stance or different perspective on, on an issue. And in this case, in this specific case, we're talking about jealousy, it's actually kind of similar. Right? There's not a positive view of jealousy at large that's going to show up in, in either our culture or in the Bible. What I want to do is, even as we begin this conversation, I want to begin to show you kind of this problem that I think we find um, actually in the Bible. And what we're going to see how this all plays out. Let me run us through a handful, just a couple passages, help us to get our mind around what the Bible thinks about jealousy. And then we're going to run into a bit of a crisis as we do that. So let me show you a couple passages real quick. One is in the book of Galatians. You can really just listen along. We're not going to spend a ton of time in these passages. And here's some of the perspective uh, that God is going to have and really give through the, the biblical authors. And so Paul's going to be talking to a, some churches here, and he's going to be describing some of the Christian life, and he's going to say, hey, if you're going to pick a set of characteristics that should not show up in the life of a Christ follower, these are it. Right? So here, here's a little list for us. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Here's what Paul says. He says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, here's our word, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Wow. So Paul's going to look and say, hey, if I had to describe what a Christ follower should not look like, and jealousy is kind of smack dab in the middle of that list. He's looking and saying, I don't want anybody to, to be a jealous person. I don't want that to show up in the way that we interact with each other. It really shouldn't be part of our character or our framework. That's not what a Christ follower should be about. Let me give you another example. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul helped to start this church in Corinth, and he's going to be returning back to them to come visit them. And he's going to say, hey, on my visit here, here, here's some perspective. He says this. He says, I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, here's our word, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Saying, boy, it, it would be a nightmare for me to come back to the church that I started and that I helped to found and, and come back and see all of these characteristics kind of penetrating this church. Boy, that would break my heart. Jealousy is in the midst of that. Right, so we see it kind of everywhere. Let me give you one more example. It helps put a little bit of skin on it. So in the time of Jesus, right, there's a situation that Jesus entered into, a context that Jesus found himself in. And here's how it worked, right? There was a religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees. They would have taught the people. And the people and the Pharisees had a relationship together. So the Pharisees would teach the Old Testament, the Torah, and the people would respond to that. And they would respond by kind of giving honor and praise and respect to the Pharisees. And the Bible would even tell us that the Pharisees enjoyed that, right? They loved it. They loved kind of to be loved and to be popular with the people. That They enjoyed having kind of the, the good seats around the table when they went to eat, to be greeted in the marketplace by all the folks. Man, they, they loved kind of being the rock stars, right, of, of teaching the Bible in that time. Now, you insert Jesus into that situation and something fascinating happens. 
as Jesus begins to communicate and teach the people with authority, the people's hearts are turned away from the Pharisees and they begin to be drawn to Jesus. And as that that relationship shifts where the people begin to love and respect and show honor to Jesus, something happens in the heart of the Pharisees. Their hearts begin to fire up with jealousy. And everybody kind of sees that and everybody knows that. And boy, it's a big part of what even drove the Pharisees eventually to kill Jesus. It's an example of really what's wrong in jealousy, some negative examples. Now, What's going to happen is we're going to see where this really comes to a head and becomes a problem for us in in the book of Exodus, right? Early on in in kind of the story and the plan of God, Moses is writing this in Exodus chapter 34. He's describing who God is, right? Moses is the guy that led the people of Israel through the Red Sea, right? Fascinating character, fascinating guy. And and he's describing who God is. Let me just uh, read it to you real quick in verse 6. He says, the Lord... The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Man, he's saying this, this is who God is. This is who God is, guys. And I hope if you're coming to grace or maybe you're here for the first time, I want you to understand that is exactly who our God is. I mean, I wasn't raised in a church at all. And so seriously, like Tony shared Jesus with me before I knew the Lord. He was part of that process of me coming to know Christ. And, and when I came to Grace Church, I found a God who is abounding in love and faithfulness, slow to anger. And if you're here for the first couple times here, I want you to know that, that that's the God that we worship. That's who he is. That's who our God is. And that's what Moses is capturing here. But he's going to continue the conversation and say, there's something else I want you to know about God. And here's where we find ourselves in verse 14. He says this, verse 30, or chapter 34, verse 14. Moses says, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, you're a thinking person, so you're clearly seeing what's happening here. The culture views jealousy negatively. And it seems like the Bible views jealousy as a negative light. What do we do then with the fact that God himself is jealous? Right? And in this time, if, if you had a name, jealous, if you have a name after an attribute or a characteristic, it's because it's so wired into who you are. that Man, it's like, that's your name. Moses is like, hey, God is so jealous, like you can just call him that. That's how jealous he is. He's a jealous God. What do we do with that? Is God a hypocrite? Is God looking at people and saying, hey, I want you to do one thing, but I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go over here and be this way. Is there a, a contradiction in the Bible? It's a question. It's fair. Fair question if, if you're wondering that where jealousy is seen this way, and then, and then over here it's talked about differently? Or is it possible that there's just more to the story? You know, and we need to dig in. Is it possible that there's actually a good kind of jealousy? And guys, that's what we're going to be diving into, is, is we want to answer that question and begin to unpack it. Now, I want to warn you today, even before we begin to, to dive in, I'm going to leave you hanging a little bit today. 
Okay, we're we're going to carry the conversation over the next couple of weeks. All we really have time to do is kind of lay down some groundwork and get in the right ballpark and kind of set up shop. Okay, so I just want to warn you, I'm going to set up and, and kind of leave you hanging a bit, but I want to begin to answer this question, begin to dive in, and let's lay down some terms and see what this thing looks like. I brought my whiteboard here. I'm, this is like uh, my obsession. I love whiteboards. I have a, like an issue with whiteboards, and so usually when you see me, you'll, you'll see me with this thing. So let's talk about it a little bit. What is this whole jealousy thing all about? Right, so what we're going to do is we're going to set up a bit of a construct here where we talk about bad jealousy and we talk about good jealousy. We're going to say that there's kind of two different kinds of jealousy. Now, if you look up in the Bible or in your concordance and look up good jealousy or bad jealousy, you're not going to find it. Right? That's kind of my, our framework for having a conversation around it. And I, I want to begin to set up these terms. I gave us a definition for bad jealousy. Here's what we said about it. It's a desire desire for a possession or a relationship that someone else has. It's a desire for a possession or a relationship that someone else has. So here's how this works. I look into a situation where somebody has a possession, right? They own something. They have something. They have a relationship. They're in a committed and defined relationship. I mean, I'm on the outside of that committed and defined relationship, or I'm outside of a relationship that someone has with something else. And here's how this begins to look. When I look at my heart, and my heart longs to have what someone else has, a possession or a relationship, I want to be in and I want to enjoy the things that you enjoy. I want to have what you have. That is the bad kind of jealousy. And right away, some of us might be saying, hey, does that mean that uh, what we're talking about here with jealousy, isn't that kind of like envy or coveting? Maybe I'm going to put it all into this bad side. We're going to lump it all in there. Okay? We're going to say, this is the kind of thing we're talking about when the Bible says envy and jealousy. And co- right? It's my heart looking to kind of capture something that someone else has or enjoys. Now let's play with this a little bit, give you a couple examples. So when I'm in the afternoon... Right? And I just went to lunch, maybe at Chipotle, or maybe at Five Guys. Five Guys is a bad day for me. It's a good day because I love it, but it's a bad day because later I'm really, I feel guilty about it. Okay? True confessions. Okay? But after the afternoon, right, and I begin to sink into the afternoon coma. Do you guys ever have this experience? I'm not sure what it is fully, but there's like this crash effect in like midday, 1.30, 2 o'clock, and someone will walk through the office with Starbucks. And I'm like, I want what you have, man. Jealous, right? It's like playing out real time. That is an example of the bad kind of jealousy, right? Very simple. I'm just looking to have what you have, man. I want it. I want, give me the mocha grande something, right? I want to drink your Starbucks beverage. I want that. Right? That's what's playing out. Now, here's another example. I, I, I'm kind of, I heat my house with wood. I know it's weird, okay? I'm not Amish. And if you're Amish, that's okay. But I'm not. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. I'm not Amish, but I heat my house with wood. I love wood. Like, I love everything about it. I like to cut wood. I like to stack wood. And um, I know it's weird. Okay? But I love it. I like to to work with wood. And um, my favorite part of working with wood is the chainsaw part. Chainsaw, vroom, vroom. And so when I see, like, a brand new, shiny, well-tuned chainsaw, something fires up within me. And I'm like... I want that chainsaw, man. That is a nice chainsaw. I want to get a hold of that. That's what I'm talking about right there. Jealous. That's what we're playing with. 
Now, we're having some fun with it, but the reality is, like, bad jealousy uh, can have a major detrimental effect on my life, right? So, some of us are single, and we're we're looking in and saying, man, I wish I had a relationship uh, like like those people have. I wish I could just find the man or the woman that, that God has for me. I wish I could have that. Unbelievable pain that can, that can display on my life if, if that's where I am. Some of us are in marriages and we're looking and we're saying, man, if I could, if I could have a husband like, like, like that wife has, right? or, or, or flip it, right? So if, if I had a, a husband or a wife the way that they do, and if I could have what they have, if I could have the financial situation that they have, if I had kids like them, mm, if I had a job like that guy, right? You know, and our hearts are looking into these situations, longing to have and longing to enjoy what someone else really has, what someone else gets to enjoy. It's a disconnect, discontentment with, with what I have. It's a jealousy that kind of fires up within me. Now, this is important. This kind of jealousy, the bad kind, is not the kind of jealousy we're talking about when we look at the verse that, that we read about, about God, right? We know that. God's not looking into our situation wishing that we had, uh, he had what we have, right? He doesn't want my chainsaw. That's not God at all, right? He, he's, he's got a different kind of jealousy, right? The good kind. Let me set this up a bit. Here's a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Here's what he said about the good kind of jealousy. He said, all thoughtful persons, listen to this, this is great. Charles Spurgeon, leader from the church, right, throughout church history, all thoughtful persons will agree that there is such a thing as virtuous jealousy. There is such a thing as virtuous jealousy. Well, what does that look like? Where does that come from? Here's how this plays. So when I am in a a committed and a defined relationship, I'm in a committed and defined relationship with someone. It creates the need for a good jealousy. Here's what I mean. Here's our our definition of good jealousy, and then we'll give you some examples. Here's good jealousy. It's zeal, zeal for the heart of the person that you're in a relationship with. Zeal for the heart of the person you're in a relationship with. So here's how this works, right? I'm in this committed and defined relationship. The easiest one to get our heads around is marriage, probably, right? And, and what happens is w- when I begin to drift out of this relationship and my heart begins to go after something other than the relationship that I'm in, what that does is it creates jealousy, the good kind of jealousy, in the other person, right? So this person right here is going to look and say, hey, man, I, I am jealous or I am zealous for your heart. I want to see your heart lock back into this relationship because, right, you and I, we said we're going to be in this relationship together and we committed to do that and it's defined and we said we're going to agree to interact in these certain ways. And when, when my heart begins to drift out of that relationship, man, jealousy begins to fire up. Some of that's probably good. Right? It's probably appropriate. It's probably a virtuous kind of jealousy. This is how this whole thing plays out. Let me give you a a quick verse from Scripture that helps us to see this. In the situation about love comes out of the Song of Songs. 
The writer of Song of Songs is helping us to kind of get our hearts and minds around romantic love, beautiful book of the Bible. Towards the end here, here's what he, he writes. Chapter 8, verse 6, you can just read along on the screen here. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Listen to this. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. Man, strong stuff. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Now, here's how this works. When we're talking about the good kind of jealousy, we're looking at the strength of it and the need for it and how it's virtuous. We could look and say that the good kind of jealousy is, man, it's, it's, it's zeal for the heart of the person that I'm in a relationship with. Right? I'm, I'm zealous. I'm jealous for someone. And the biblical word jealousy can really, it can also mean zealous. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a passion. It's a heart. It's a fire. Right? And I'm going to look at your heart and say, man, I care. I want your heart to be where it really longs to be and where we committed for it to be. Right? Bad jealousy is, man, I'm jealous of someone. I'm looking at what they have and I'm longing to have what they get to enjoy. I'm jealous for versus jealous of. Okay. We all see this in marriage. This makes a ton of sense. Right? If I begin to drift out of my marriage and my wife didn't care, that's all right. That's all right, Ryan. You want to date around, man, that's fine. We would all look at that and go, you got some serious problems, buddy. Right? Your marriage is messed up. Because we all know that when we commit to a relationship and we say, hey, I'm in, are you in? Yeah, we're in. Let's lock into this commitment. We both believe that if we operate this, this way, that it's going to be the best for both of us. Right? We, we unite around that kind of commitment. When someone drifts from that commitment, this is an appropriate response. And let me make sure this is clear. If jealousy is showing up at all, it's probably a negative situation, right? Either good or bad. However, good jealousy, good jealousy can be a good response to a bad situation. A good response to a bad situation, right? This is a bad situation. When my heart's drifting out of a committed relationship, I'm not in a good place. This is the right response, however, that I would go after and have zeal for and, and chase down the heart of the person that I'm in that relationship with. This shows up in all kinds of relationships. All kinds of relationships. I think about um, my relationship with my son. I brought uh, this bracelet. This is, I used to wear this, this bracelet. This is uh, formed by the phenomenon known as the rainbow loom. If some of you have heard of this, if you have kids or grandkids, you know what the rainbow loom is. It's an amazing phenomenon where uh, kids get these little tiny pieces of plastic, these little plastic circles, and they create these by the dozens, by the hundreds. At one point, my house was like a sweatshop, man. We were like rainbow loom bracelets, explosion. They were everywhere, right? And my son was really into it. He's moved on now, and now he's done with it. But at the time that he was really into it, he was like, he's like, hey, Dad, uh, I made you this bracelet. And I'm looking at like the piles of bracelet, but evidently this is the one, right? So like dad gets this one. This must be the best one or whatever. This is like the meaningful one. And so he gives me this bracelet. He's like, dad, will you wear this bracelet? And I'm like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'll wear your bracelet, you know? So I go to work one day, right? Get it before he wakes up and I come home 
my kids are still young, so they still like wait at the door. I know that that stops at some point, but right now it's still happening, right? So they, he's waiting at the door, and he's looking at me. He's like, hey, Dad, did you wear your bracelet? Oh, man, buddy, I totally forgot. Sorry, bud. You know, next day, same thing happens again, right? Come home, buddy's waiting at the door. Dad, did you wear your bracelet? Oh, man, buddy, sorry. Right? Eventually, right, I lock in, I get a hold of it, I start wearing wearing the rainbow loom bracelet. You know? Because here's what happened. I started to realize something. That my son wasn't primarily asking me to wear pieces of plastic around my wrist. That's not really what he was saying. What my son was saying is he's saying, Dad, I love you. Right? I am your only son. He's my only boy. I got three daughters and one son. He said, I'm your only son. You're my only dad. We're we're in this relationship together. And when you have this on your wrist, man, people, people ask about it and you can talk about me and it reminds you of me all day long. Like I want to live in your heart. I, I, want, I want to be on your mind all day long. And I want a representation of me to be with you all day. Was all that going on like in his head, this little seven-year-old? No way. All he knew, all my boy knew, is that he wanted, he was, he was jealous, he was zealous for the part of his dad's heart that's appropriate for him. He longed for that, he wanted it. He's going to fight for it. Man, and all of that is right. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that how it works? can show up in, in parent-child relationships. shows up in husband-wife relationships. And you can show up in, in coach-player relationships. You ever have this if some of us played sports? You're, you ever look at a coach and interact with a player, right? And he's, he looks at his player or her, right, as they play it out and say, hey, hey, get your head in the game. Are you with me, right? We, d- we decided, we said we're going to interact this way. You said you're going to play on my team, and when you show up, you're going to give me your best, and I expect you to bring it when you show up. You ever have a coach show up and say, man, I want more of this. Give me your passion. What, what has your heart drifted off to and been captivated by, and now i got to call you to lock it back in up here? It's appropriate. It's fair. Why? Well, that player said he was in. That player said she was in. Right? They, they showed up and said, hey, if, you, if you're going to pick me to be on the team, I'm going to show up from the heart. You can have kind of the appropriate piece of my heart that should be in this relationship. Boss-employee relationship. Right? You, you ever look at a, a co-worker, have a boss interact with you and say, hey man, where, where's your heart? Are, are you distracted? Be, because when I hired you, right, you said, I'm going to bring my A game. And it's going to come from the heart. I'm going to live from the heart. Right? You're not bringing it anymore. Where are you? Where's your head? Where's your best? And I'm passionate to see this lock back into place in a way that it's drifted from. Can we begin to see this? That there is a good kind of jealousy. And it makes sense. And, and, and when there's a committed and a defined relationship that I'm in, I begin to drift away from that from the heart towards something else it's okay and actually it's an act of love when someone chases me down with zeal 
and with passion and says, hey, I want your heart. Now, we have talked a lot here just in the last few minutes about human relationships and human interactions. Where I'm in a marriage or I'm in a parenting situation or at work, that's all fine and good and it helps us to get our head around it, doesn't it? But where this really starts to matter, where this really shows up, is when we take it back to our original verse and our original problem that we ran into when we read this verse, right? In Exodus chapter 34, 14, where Moses told us, he said, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. That the creator of the universe made all things, created us, looks and says, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a unique relationship with you. I'm your creator. I made you. I love you. I have passion for you. And I look at your heart and I long to see your heart show up in our relationship in the way that it's designed to be. Right? Because God is he's the definer of this relationship, kind of whether we want him to or not. And he looks and he says, man, I'm compassionate, I'm loving, I'm slow to anger, I'm forgiving of sin, and I long for your heart. I'm zealous for it. I'm passionate about it. Let me tell you some of the links that God would go to to hunt down our hearts out of pure passion and pure love. As maybe some of you never heard about this kind of passion or love before. Right? And you thought, you thought God is a mean God or a hateful God and whatever, and you didn't know that God is, is jealous, here's, here's what God's jealousy drove him to. Let me give you an example. I'll tell you what, what Jesus did for me. God would send his only son, uh, his perfect boy. Right? I got one son. It's hard for me to imagine. He would send his, his only son to this earth. That son would live perfectly. He's all God and all man, right? Miracle. Jesus came here, lived a perfect life in obedience to God, carried that life and that obedience to God all the way to the point of death. He would die on a cross. And he did all that, listen to this, man, he did that to pay for my sin. That's how much God was after my heart. That 2,000 years ago, before I was born, or before my parents ever thought or, or even conceived of me, that, that Jesus would be sent to this earth to come and, and pay for a debt that I could never pay, right? Because I'm a sinful man. You guys don't know me. We're still getting to know each other. But um, before I knew Jesus, when Tony knew me as a teenager, my life was driven by pride and by lust. These are the primary driving factors of all that I did, truly. And I did things that I am not proud of. I committed sins. And the price tag for those sins, to bind back my heart, was the life of the Son of God. That's what it took. And that Son of God offered to pay for my sin, invited me into relationship that was once broken. He says, man, I will go to these kinds of links to win you back to grab hold of your heart and lock it into relationship the way that you're designed to be. My friends, if you're here and you've, you've never heard that before or you've never known that before, 
You didn't know that Jesus came to do that. You didn't know that God had a zeal to chase you down out of pure passion. And I would invite you to make that same decision that I was drawn to make. Say yes to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want you to pay for my sin. I accept your, your forgiveness for my sin and your payment by dying on the cross and I'm in. And I, I want to have this relationship that, that I was born to have. Guys, if you've never done that, that's the first step really to embracing the good kind of jealousy. Say yes to Jesus. Guys, for the rest of us, I, I told you I'm going to leave you hanging a little bit today. But I got a question that I want us to work through. I'm going to have the band come out and, and we're going to have a conversation around this here in a second. I, I want us to ask the question that even if I've said yes to Jesus, right, even if I've embraced his gift and his offering of forgiveness for my sin, is it possible that my heart has drifted out of that relationship? Is that possible? I want to begin to ask that question. Is it possible that, that God, even today, even though I have a relationship with Christ, is jealous for me? He's jealous for my attention and for my affection and for my passion. Is it possible that, that my heart has been captivated by something else? Because I want us to begin to ask that question. I told you, we'll, we'll drive it through over the next handful of weeks, but it's important that we pause here. And I think what we can do is begin to directly ask that question to God. I, I want us to literally spend some time in prayer. I want to lead us through that time here in a moment. Because so I'm going to have you bow your heads and close your, close your eyes if you would do that. And literally, uh, I want us to ask God these questions. Would you ask the Lord today, Lord, show me what's captivated my heart. Show me where my affection and my attention and my passion have landed these days. Not two years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago, but today. Where's my heart today? Take a few minutes and begin to ask God that question. In quietness, his eyes closed. Lord, show me my heart. And as you begin to ask the Lord that question, would you, would you ask him, Lord, are you even today jealous for me? Are you looking at our relationship and looking at the state of my heart and are you saying, oh, I want your heart? Would you, would you ask God that question this morning?
Father, we want to say thank you. That at the end of the day, in the midst of my mistakes, right, our failures and sins, that you responded, not with abandonment, and not immediately with wrath, Lord, that you respond with jealousy, with passion for us, and that you would go to unbelievable lengths, Lord, to chase us down. Lord, this morning, would you, would you help me to see and us to see uh, the state of our heart today? Help us to see what's captivated our attention and our focus And Lord, if you have jealousy for us today, I pray that you would help us to see that. Lord, we love you. Thank you for expressing your jealousy today, the good kind. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.